So I want this morning to return to our old friend, judgment. (laughs) May or may not be your old friend, but uh, such a big theme. I've been thinking about it partly uh, because of working with people uh, monthly on that theme probably for the last uh, two and a half years monthly working on the theme of judgments. And it's such a uh, powerful theme. And by judgments, I'm particularly referring to harsh, primarily negative judgments of self and other. And so when we uh, look at them, we have to do a little bit of work on the definition because we use the word judgment in normal English in all sorts of ways. Sometimes we use it quite neutrally. The kind of judgment I'm referring to has uh, some kind of reactivity connected with it. There's some kind of, uh, and I'm particularly focusing on the kind that has uh, what in Buddhist language we call aversion. There's some kind of reactivity towards something that may be primarily trying to push it away. I think there are also judgments that are very much in the same uh, realm that are more positive in which we tend to grab hold of things. It might be when we elevate certain people in our minds. Oh, that person's so good. And there can be some parallel reactive tendencies working in the mind. But the kind that I want to look at particularly are the uh, ones that are more aversive, negative, harsh towards self and other. And what's particularly interesting about judgments is that there's typically a significant amount of truth connected to them. That provides the hook. (laughs) That provides the hook for the judgments. In other words, one way of looking at a judgment, let's say uh, a judgment of... um, I could, I could look at someone's behavior and say, that person is, is obnoxious. And depending on the tone in my mind and in my voice and my language choice, I could have a certain observation and I could have a fairly neutral judgment about it, like that person is acting in ways which are hard for other people to handle. Something like that could be more neutral. And when I say, that person is really obnoxious, there's a judgment there. There's some kind of observation linked with reactivity. There's uh, another example might be, um, let's say I judged my actions yesterday. I really, I really should have given, I really gave a nasty reaction in my email to this or that person. And I may judge myself for that. And so there may be, again, an observation, but it's linked with some reactivity. The long-term intention, as I see it, of work with judgments, is to preserve the insight or the observation or the intelligence and separate it from the reactivity. In saying that, I think I differ from a number of different approaches to judgments which tend to just see it as something negative, get rid of it. I see that as judging the judge. And there's a subtle, can be a subtle repetition of the judgmental energy. And I think actually I I hear that a lot. You know, we just think, oh, let's not just get near the territory of judgment. But the kind of approach that I have found most useful works a lot with investigation, with looking more deeply to disentangle the different threads of judgment because often there's an intelligence and even an energy that's very helpful for us. What this means in the long run is that we can in a way make friends with our judgments because they're not the enemy but they're, as it were, a confused part of ourselves. And we can, in investigation and bringing care, we can do that work of disentangling So what I want to explore particularly today is 
some overview about the nature of judgment, why it's important, and some ways to work with judgments. Some of us may have opportunities in the next week. (laughs) I was reflecting also, uh, I just have to, I'm going to read these questionnaires in the next week. There might be. This looks like a very kind, non judgmental group, <laughs> but you never know. It's possible that I may, in reading those, have to look at certain things. So uh, I think we're all invited to, uh, to do this work in the next week, and we can come back and, and share notes on, on the theme. And then people who want to look in this in more depth might be interested in doing the day long. And so I'll, I'll go into a lot of detail on the, on the tools and techniques So first I thought I'd invite you to reflect on judgments I have known in my own experience, let's say, in the last few days. And I just ask you to go inward for a while because it's very helpful as we explore the topic for you to really have some of your own material uh, in awareness. So just reflect, and this is just totally for yourself. You're not going to be... Uh, I'll just say you're not going to be asked to share this with your neighbor in a moment. This is just this is just for I'll, I'll I'll ask a few people to volunteer, but this is just for you for private consumption to be honest and look carefully. What have been some of the judgments in the last uh, few days? And if there haven't been in the last few days, go a little further. But that may not be necessary for many. <laughs> <laughs> Many of us. <laughs> Just take a minute or two to reflect. You might also get a sense of the, the spectrum of energy or reactivity. What have been some of the stronger judgments and what have been some of the more mild or intermediate judgments? So I'll just be quiet for a moment so you can, we can all reflect. So I'd like to invite um, a voluntary sampling <laughs> of, uh, of judgments, and again, primarily focusing on the harsh negative judgments of self and or other. And if you could state a judgment just in a sentence or two, not giving the whole story behind it, but just giving so we get some sense of the flavor of the judgments. I'll just invite anyone who'd like to say your judgment or possibly one you heard from another person. <laughs> Please. I'll start. Okay. You're the, the brave one. Thank you. <laughs> well, I have a, we have a funny situation. I'll try to make this as brief as possible. Okay. I live on a winding road, and it's narrow, and so it's hard for two cars to go by each other. And it frequently happens that somebody has to stop and back up, and it invites judgment in the most amazing way. It creates such conflict, and people are so harsh and critical, and and, and, and it's it's amazing the emotional response that people have to having to back up and Mm -hmm. compete on this road. 
Right. And can can you give an example of yes. a judgment that yesterday. made yesterday? <laughs> yesterday, um, there's one of those little mini school buses that drops off a child at one of the houses on the street, and it, my husband was driving down, and he said he came face to face with the school bus, and the school bus was literally ten inches overlapping like this space where he, he couldn't quite get over to the side to get into a driveway. And he asked that he leaned out and he said, can you just back up just this much and I'll be able to get in there? And the guy who was driving the school bus refused. He just refused to let his foot off the brake and back up 10 inches. And so Jeff had to back the car all the way up, like a, a full block mm -hmm. up to get to the next driveway. And it was one of those things where I said, that is so unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> so the judgment would be, that is so unreasonable. <laughs> Has some energy? Link? Well, yeah. My judgment of him was that he's, he, he, he's so full of himself for having that school bus, he thinks he owns the world, you know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so others, if, again, if you can just say the judgment uh, by itself, uh, later we can come back to the, the context, yeah, please. Uh, that I'm a terrible golfer, that I play worse than anybody else, and that my friends are getting tired of playing with me. Yeah. And it depends on the day. Sometimes. So judgment of self in this case, yeah. Yeah. Please. I know this one is about myself. I'm the harshest, yeah. you know, one little thing with my child, and I'm like, oh, you're such a bad mother. You're such a bad mother. Such yeah. a bad mother. So, such a bad person. Bad. So those are very harsh and yeah. quite global, yeah. 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 Please, Ruth. In explaining something to somebody else, reflecting that she's not really listening to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes a, what we're calling a judgment because there's some charge that she's not really listening. So, so we might say that in a more neutral way, right? The same words, but there's some edge to it, right? Yeah. Please, yeah. Um, well, my dad's sister changed the birth date or the date. <laughs> 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 the good one. We, we both agree, but the bad one. The bad one, the bad sister changed the birthday. That's just a neutral observation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so, but it forms, and we're laughing, but of course there, there's, there's pain connected with it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, please, yeah. Um, I have lots of judgments about my 21-year-old nephew and his choice of behaviors, and I noticed that my judgments of him overflow into my, the judgments of my brother, who I totally adore, but judge him as not being a great father. He's not a great, great role model. He's not a great father or, or role model. For not so great son. For, not so great son. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Please. And also feel free, some, it can be personal sometimes, and sometimes also could be about the political situation, or can be quite, not to open too wide a door. <laughs> Please. <laughs> He's so moralistic. That's a strong one. We, and we, irony is just around the corner. <laughs> Please. Kind of a twofer. Yeah. What was driving me nuts when she was keeping me from uh, running the meeting well, and if I was better at running the meeting, then I would have handled her better. Yeah. So this woman is driving me nuts. She's preventing me from... Uh, leading the meeting well, and if I was better at leading the meeting well, I could handle her. So, sort of uh, cascading judgments. Yeah. Maybe one or two more, please. My husband is so judgmental. My husband is so judgmental. Yeah. Okay, last one, please. <laughs> for what I've been Positive judgment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I've been experiencing over the past week, I've been a member of uh, a financial task force yeah. at my daughter's private school. Yeah. And I have so many judgments about uh, the way the school spends money, the way yeah. people contribute to the school, how the money could be better spent, yeah. how 
if I have X amount of dollars, there's no way I'm giving it to a school. <laughs> I'm going to give it to some, you know, yeah. Darfur or something. And so there are, there, it's just judgment on my part on every level of this. And I, I can't extricate it myself from it. I don't know how to speak up in, um, in, because it's so different from what I perceive everybody else yeah. is thinking. And yeah. I'm just awash in issues here. <laughs> Wash and issues, yeah. And if you were to just state one judgment as it appears in your mind with the same energy and tone and so forth, what would... Judgment. Yeah, like about um, I'm not giving money or whatever. Um, or whatever, you just one to get the flavor. I guess it's just a judgment that... Just say it if you can. <coughs> For the sake of science. <laughs> um, my feeling that I know better than they do how yeah. we should spend our limited resources. Yeah, I could do it better. I could do it. Better. I could do it better. <laughs> They're not doing a good job, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Great. So perhaps uh, not a huge amount of work is necessary to familiarize ourselves with the territory. Uh, but it's helpful to hear them because we, we stated them with a certain spaciousness and humor, and yet we know the reality uh, that there's a lot of pain, challenge, difficulty, and sometimes we feel like we're wrapped in knots around the judgments. So um, it's a big one. It's a really big one. It's a very um, powerful theme in our practice, and what I have found in my own life and in working with people on this theme of judgment is that it's actually a very profound pathway to transformation if we work with this theme. Freud talked about uh, dreams being the royal road to the unconscious. Some of you may remember that phrase. I think that uh, judgments are also a kind of a royal road. They're kind of a royal road to partly to know some of the structures that's, that are beneath the surface and unconscious in that sense. And working with them are, is, is also a, a powerful path to transform some of our deeper sources of our confusion and ignorance. So it's a very big one. And I have found in working with people that it's not a quick one. Anything deep it's probably going to take some energy and time and sustained uh, commitment and also support. And I have found that the, the groups working with people who have had some very significant shifts in their approach to judgments, I've seen that with so many people before my eyes. And there are a few people, I think uh, at least a few who've gone here who've gone to some of those groups, that um, have seen people become conscious of their judgments and actually transform the energy and be able, uh, partly from their own initiative and energy and looking, to transform habits that have been around for 50 years, 40, 50 years or so for, for some people. From a Western psychological perspective, we could say that judgments are really crucial because they are linked to very deep and often unconscious beliefs, many of which were formed when we were quite young. In other words, many of them are connected with our, our basic neuroses, our basic ways of being, our very, even our basic sense of self and identity. From the perspective of Buddhist practice, we could say something similar, that judgments give us very major clues about the structure of self and the structure of our views, both of which are core themes in Buddhist practice, that we're invited to look carefully at the times when self-image comes up, when a strong sense of self comes up, and judgments are exactly that. They are times when we have a very strong sense of self, often a, a stronger sense of the separation of self and other than we have at other times. 
And so judgments give us these very powerful clues to, um, to look more deeply. But I do believe that it takes sustained mindfulness, inquiry, support, uh, commitment to really work through the deeper ones, the deeper judgments. I'll say a little bit about my own personal practice in working with judgments because uh, I've kind of come to working with these with others unexpectedly and without really intending to in the first place. But I think it came partly because I believe that I have been uh, conditioned in various ways to be, um, to be significantly judgmental. And again, I want to go back to what I originally said, that there are some powerful uh, assets and positive qualities that can be connected with the judgments, that judgments transformed, a very judgmental person <laughs> transformed becomes a person who can really see clearly and has a, may have a significant amount of compassion about the whole process of being judgmental. Because to transform it, one has to go into it. And, but connected with a lot of judgment is often a lot of seeing, a lot of noting, a lot of discernment. And again, this is another reason that we can really not just say, oh, I'm judgmental, let's just get rid of everything, but rather in a way befriend the judgments so as to transform them and to preserve what's helpful. Because then you could, every one of the judgments we heard just when people gave their judgments, we could see how they're connected with observations, insights, typically. I think there are judgments which are just totally caught in delusion. <laughs> so there, it's not like all of them have this uh, powerful insight. Some of them are just, we're just spinning our wheels, we're caught in an old pattern. But you know, think of the example with the... Um, uh, two cars on the narrow road, right? There's obviously something that's seen there that was some insight and there might be some sense of, there might be also some deep values that were being expressed. It, it's a, it might be a value to act with reciprocity when we encounter a difficult situation or to have some give and take. And those are, and so in a way, working with judgments can sometimes make clearer what we actually are our deeper principles and values. and uh, could lead to a widening of the road, possibly. (laughs) You know, could lead lead to some. So taken in a positive way, they can can let us know something uh, helpful about ourselves. And so again, it's a a way to hold the judgments. For myself, and this will link some, and I think in mentioning these, I'll talk, I'll also link them to the various tools with which we can work with judgments. And I'll talk in, in, about my own, some of my own personal experience. I think initially, I primarily worked with the tool of mindfulness and noting. When I first started practicing, which was a long time ago, I was in my 20s, and I primarily used the tool of mindfully noting, oh, there's a judgment. Sitting, they should have done it differently. Judgment. You're having a lot of judgment, aren't you? <laughs> judgment. <laughs> you know, and just noting it and getting a sense, in, in a way, taking an inventory of what's in my consciousness. Very important preliminary kind of practice to really just see what's there. And a, a lot of that is what we do when we sit, when we practice, is that we get a better sense. We, as it were, turn a, a light into our inner experience in ways that we may not have done before. I certainly had done it before. If someone had asked me, are you uh, judgmental, I probably would have said not more than the, a normal person, pro- primarily because I hadn't looked and it didn't fit my self-image. Right? But when we start looking, we see more clearly what's there. And so this is a very crucial, it's actually something we continue with. We continually just noting what's there. It's our primary mindfulness practice. But in the context of my own experience, it would be just really noting, oh, there's judgment, and getting a sense that it's actually a significant force in my mind, using the mindfulness practice to to see that more clearly. 
And then also beginning to see it when it appears in everyday interactions, noticing, oh, I'm really judgmental, and so forth. And that practice, in a way, continued for a lot of years. I'll mention a few times when the practice of working with judgments intensified a little bit. One of them would, would naturally be in intimate relationships, right? That there was chances, really, to see certain kind of judgments because, in a way, more is at stake And so some of the judgments that don't come out when I'm busy being a nice person in intimate relationships, they're there. Anyone relate to this? (laughs) And so for me it was uh, very interesting just to watch them, to see them more clearly, and to see sometimes how they were so forceful that I hardly had control over them, that they would sometimes take me away. And I was thinking particularly... I think every relationship, whether it's an intimate relationship or maybe a close friendship, has its glories and has its what we might call its core dysfunctional pattern. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, one important relationship that I, that I had. Our core dysfunctional pattern was my partner would be judgmental of me, about me. I would be feel a sense of injustice, unfairness, and I would be judgmental of her for being unfairly judgmental of me. She would react and withdraw, and we'd be lost. We'd be lost in that pattern, basically. It's a chronic pattern that happened when at certain moments of stress, and that may be very familiar to, to many of us. And it was centered around feeling judged and then judging in reaction. So I got to look a lot there and just to see how powerful it can be uh, in, in our lives. And this may be, very, I think this is probably, we all experience some versions of that, right? Something like that. Also being able to look at judgments in the context of work. Again, we have some very um, powerful learning experiences available to us. And somewhere a little over 10 years ago, I think I started to intensify my work with judgments, and I was being guided by a mentor. And I've told this story in different ways a few times, but I was, um, and I'll camouflage the facts to, to protect the innocent and guilty <laughs> in a way. But basically, I was in a position where I was uh, meeting regularly with someone who was in a position of authority over me. And this person, I thought, um, didn't listen very well to me. And we were meeting every two weeks for two years. And I found myself, when I would not be listened to, withdrawing and moving to a stance of distanced moral superiority from which I judged with profound correctness. <laughs> that also may be familiar <laughs> as, a, as a stance. And yet, with the guidance, I got to look more carefully at it, bringing really sustained mindfulness to the situation. I began to just notice, you know, and again, it takes certain, has a certain sequence. First, we just have to notice that it's happening, that I'm judgmental. That's kind of a first stage. Then I began to see, to really study the situation and notice that there was a typical sequence. It might be, I'm not listened to, and a little while later I find myself in that distance, moral, judgmental stance. But I began to actually be able to look more carefully and notice the, the steps, as it were, looking at that pattern in slow motion. And I think we have to do that with our most common patterns. We need to bring that quality of mindfulness to look carefully at our patterns and to just... But it takes time. And a lot of times we only realize that we were even in them after the fact. So this is not a linear process where we just get these instructions, we go out and look at our most challenging patterns, have complete mindfulness over them and resolve them within a week or two. You know, I was describing a two-year process of just getting even clearer about what the patterns were. And it was actually with a lot of support and looking carefully at the patterns. And so gradually I was able to see that there indeed was a stimulus. 
uh, and that there was a process, I was able to slow it down to where I could actually start to see there's a typical stimulus, in this case, not feeling listened to. And I would say probably the person actually was not a good listener. Many people would share that almost neutrally as an observation. So there was some, I think it was reality-based to a significant extent. But still, we're in meditation. We, we especially focus not so much on um, what the content is, but what our reaction, her response, her relationship is to what happens in our experience. That's really a prime focus for what we do. And so I was able to see that there were actually, if I slowed things down, I could actually begin to notice I, there, uh, kind of a, a moment of pain. Oh, this feels bad. I don't like this. This is really unpleasant. Which again ties into core teachings of the Buddha where he says that when we slow consciousness down, slow experience down, we can begin to see the pleasant and unpleasant experiences and know that they're pleasant or unpleasant and begin to see that from an unpleasant experience, for example, a judgment might come very quickly. So just noticing, looking for the unpleasant. In, the, you know, in your example with the, uh, the narrow road, it might be to just notice, I feel real, this feels really unpleasant. You know, it could be impatience, it could be irritation, it could be, and to really, to really tune in to those qualities. And that, would, that started to give me a cue as to when I was, and I could feel the judgmental energy waiting to take off. So I could slow it down and tune in to the unpleasant qualities and then, with again, with some support, be able to, rather than know that I, at a certain point, when I see this process enough, at certain points I had a choice. Do I want to go into judgments? Do I want to go there? Or do I have some alternatives? And this is part of, I think, the working with judgments to develop ways of having alternative responses, basically, to unpleasant situations. We could go into a lot more detail here. This would have a lot to do with how we speak, how we interact, how we work with conflict. We could have a 10-week session just on that theme. But in my case, it, it was to be very simple. Instead of just going into judgment and withdrawing, I learned to say something very simple. I'm not sure you've heard what I said. In a way, standing my ground without going into judgmental and and saying that in a more, in a sincerely helpful way. It's like coming back to a certain kind of balance rather than just going into the judgment. And so that was a very important kind of investigation also, which starts to weave into the component of how do I speak or how do I act when I feel like uh, judgments are there. And that's a, it's a, it's a deep subject, a complicated subject. Actually, we had a judgments group last night, and we've just focused on that one theme, you know, and did role plays, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And so I'll mention one further kind of practice, which two further kinds of practice, which, I, which, which are very important. One of them is to have some quality of the heart of compassion of metta present when we're doing significant work with judgments. When we cast that light onto the field of judgments, it can often be uh, distressing. It would not, it's not uncommon for people, when they're looking more carefully at judgments, to be judgmental about how many judgments there are. It's an occupational hazard of working with judgments to become judgmental. And it's quite common. And so, first of all, we should know that that's likely. But second of all, we can work in a way which brings in a kind of different energy. And this would be the ener- really the energy of the heart. And I have found in working with people over a longer time that some kind of complement to the mindfulness and inquiry is really crucial for working with judgments. That's some way of cultivating a systematic kindness towards oneself, compassion. It might be to do loving-kindness practice really regularly. Or for some, it's been to work with the development of joy. Or for others, it's been to really cultivate a different way of being with the situation, which in a way is starting to be an alternative way of responding to a challenging situation. It might be to go into a quality of openness and compassion. For others, it might be to... um, 
bring in a perspective of wisdom and understanding. For others, it might be to almost go into, to uh, recognize that judgments can be connected with different uh, postures of the body and different somatic expressions. That's one of the things we explore when we look at judgments. So my judgments might be connected with a certain kind of contraction. And what I found in myself and others is that when I can find a more open posture of the body and even go there in the middle of judgments, it's a, ma- it's a magical shift. That the, the, the body can play a very important role in this. It's almost like no, new neural pathways are being developed when we go into certain body postures or when we go into metta or compassion. It's almost like we're developing a whole alternative way of being. So that's a really crucial point. And one other aspect of judgments, about seven or eight years ago, I did some uh, kind of what in some ways was my last major round of work with judgments. (laughs) Knock on wood, (laughs) so to speak. And this was in a two-month retreat. It started there, and I worked a lot with John Travis, who's been a wonderful mentor, and he's really insightful about judgments, I think, if you ever want to work with him at a retreat. And I was coming off a period in which I had been working really hard. I had been very involved. I was doing a lot of writing and different things, but some part of me felt overly busy. And when I went into this long retreat, I found myself quite judgmental towards myself about how I had spent the last uh, 10 years. You know, and some of you may feel that, oh my God, I, what did I do with those years? You know, and it, it can, it's really, it can be really harsh. For me, it was really harsh. And John tuned into that right away. And we basically worked in a systematic way with judgments, which was, which was this. And we could call this a kind of inquiry practice. That uh, what I did was, and this is not typically done in retreats, but I actually called forth judgments to investigate them. Normally, we just say, Let's, you know, there are enough judgments already. Let's not call them forth. Let's just deal with the ones that arise. But I actually did a practice at the beginning of every sitting, and I was probably sitting 10 times a day. I would invite judgments that had been around a lot to, to be present for like the, I think what I, it really was at the end of the sitting. So that's, my mind was pretty still. But I would invite judgments to be present. I would let them come and mostly do their verbal thing. And then I would bring my attention to my heart and my body and just listen, kind of move out of the verbal dimension and see what was being present in the body and the heart. And what I found doing this, and I also did this when judgments would arise just in the the moment. Like I'd be going to the, uh, or I'd be sitting there Someone would come in late, really noisy, right next to me. And occasionally in judgments, I and others would be judgmental of such people, who sometimes are us, of course. And I would just notice that and do the same practice. And what I found, this is to uh, telescope something I probably could talk about for a long, much longer time. What I found was it took me about a month of doing this until I suddenly had the insight. Every time when I listen with my body and my heart, I find that there's some pain beneath the judgment. In other words, I came to see, at least in almost all the judgments that I had, from the most harsh and challenging, like you haven't lived your life right the last 10 years, pretty harsh, very, very uh, self-critical, to minor judgments about someone coming in late or, you know, lunch today is just leftovers. (laughs) <laughs> or something like that, which is, you know, I'm not going to think about now or later. But when I looked at that, with every example that I found, there was something underneath the judgment that was generating it that I was not in touch with. In other words, what I came to see is that judgments were, in my case, and I think there are probably some other forms that it takes, but certainly everything I looked at, the judgments were a kind of defense mechanism to prevent me from actually feeling what was present. They were covering something over that I didn't have such access to. And that when I hung out with what was the pain beneath the judgment, the judgment tended to clear up in a way I was being present with the pain and a certain kind of healing went on. Which is, of course, the core of how healing 
works psychologically or in spiritual practice. And what I found doing this, I did this practice in a very sustained way for about two years, you know, including probably six or seven months on retreat, doing it 10, 15, 20 times a day like that. So it was intensive work. And I, I, don't, I don't think I would have seen those things without that, but it's, uh, maybe I would have. Maybe, maybe I was slow or something. But it was... Um, <laughs> uh, in any case, um, what I found, I'll just, I'll just end with this, what I found when I did that practice, some of the judgments, when I stayed with the underlying pain, the judgments tended to clear up. But I also could, in a way, preserve the insight and act in, in ways that maybe, the, you know, when I made the judgment about, oh, you've done this for 10 years, there's a harsh judgment. But the insight is that there's some other things that are important for me that I can really follow, right? So there's some insight there. I was able more to not wallow in the judgment, get clear about what was the wisdom linked with the judgment, and more readily act and not have the judgments follow. And a lot of the judgments tended to clear up when I could hang out, even like a small judgment. You know, I'd be, I'd be you know, just driving, and someone would be on a cell phone and take 10 seconds before going when there's a green light. You know, common experience. It brings out the judgments in us, likely, right? And I would just be able to tune in, okay, impatience, tune into it. And it, again, it would, uh, it would shift things. In the period right after that two years, I longed to be around judgmental people. There was some kind of <laughs> compassion. That, that has faded since then. But, but, <laughs> but there was some kind of uh, uh, insight and draw to be in the field of judgment. And it helped me tremendously when someone would come toward judgment towards me. I tended to be able to tune into the pain and not be caught in the story. And maybe to end, I'll say that sometime after that work, I had a dream in which I had this uh, poster in my room, which was of me in one of those old Wild West wanted posters. And I said, it's time to take that poster down. You know, like wanted, arch outlaw Donald. (laughs) And in the dream, I took that poster down, and there was some kind of sense of completion of a cycle. So, thank you very much. (laughs) So I think if you want just a PS or something, uh, naming those ways of working might be give a sense of how you might work in the next week or weeks, that there's the mindfulness, basic inventory, there's the deeper inquiry into one's patterns, there's the work with some heart practice, metta or joy, and then there's the deeper inquiry that I think requires a certain amount of the other three. So it's not something to start with, but that deeper inquiry, working with the body and the heart. So I just just wanted to name those like that. So any questions or reflections? Please, yeah. I have uh, a couple things. One thing is the confusion we get into when we're feeling some way. We don't like what we're feeling, but we're feeling it. Not really understanding. And the other thing is about how does resentment go with judgmentalness? Yeah. Uh, quite closely, <laughs> often. Uh, yeah, I think that it is judgments because they tap into this deep material often take us into confusing territory where we're just confused. And so in working with these over the long haul, uh, often we'll just realize, oh, I was really confused and judgmental three hours ago. And that's fine. It's fine to kind of see after the fact because there is a lot of confusion here because there's a lot at stake, as it were, personally, psychologically, and so forth. And so that's why it can be very helpful, if we can, to do... You know, I think the first step is just noticing when they're there. You know, and that's a lot of work, just to notice them. And I think we shouldn't be too impatient about transforming judgments, because it takes some time. But if we can, to, not- to start noticing, oh, here are typical... Play, here are typical patterns where I get judgmental. Mm-hmm. And we can just start studying those. 
and, and if we can, to tune into tuning into the sense of pleasant or unpleasant, that will be somewhere in the cycle, is a primary way not to get lost and confused in them. But that, I just want to say that takes some time, so we should have to be patient with that. And then resentment, I think it's probably like a cousin of judgment, something like that. It's, it's, um, it's a particular form, like, you did this, uh, you know, why did you do that? I, uh, but I think the, the resentment suggests something that gets a little hardened. So resentment stays around for a while, yeah. you know, and it's kind of a hardened judgment, which has turned into a fixed story or view. So one of the, you know, again, I, during my month-long retreat, I had one morning I said, you should write a book on judgments. And I had eight chapters appear suddenly <laughs> on, on the theme. So it's a, it's a big topic, but there, one of the areas is to really look at the stories, the, all the stories we tell ourselves and how much, you know, we have one thing happen, one incident happen, we make one observation, and we go instantly into some story which can dominate us for the next you know, two weeks. And so looking at our stories and our views, it doesn't mean we drop them, but we have to look at them and see how much we're just using them as kind of a easy way to deal with a complex situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a good one. Please, yeah. I often notice other people's judgments Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, <clears throat> that takes a lot of skill. I think um, starting point is to see whether I hook into the other person's judgment because you know we we could say from a kind of from an, the standpoint of just observing human behavior when people give judgments to others they're trying to influence behavior you know in some way they're trying to influence the other person to make them do this or that or stop doing this or that or something like that and so <clears throat> they're designed to they're designed to hook into one sense of i'm a good person i'm a bad person which we all have fairly deeply and so the first the starting point is to see am i being hooked by that judgment uh, am i is that judgment hooking into my judgment such that I'm, whatever, defending myself or going somewhere or offering a counter-judgment? So it's that quality of mindfulness to notice what's happening. If, if that's not happening, we're pretty evolved being, <laughs> typically, or there, it's, we've done some work on that. And then I think it would be to, um, then it turns, if, if that is the case, and that may be the kind of question you're asking, then I think it turns into the sphere of what is skillful action. So there's always the inner work. If we're not clear, if we're muddled, we have to do some of that inner work or our action is just going to be typically a reaction. If we're fairly clear, then we can, we can ask more carefully, would this be helpful? What's my motivation? Um, will the person hear it? And so forth. And it really... Uh, I think sometimes it is very skillful to um, point that out. Or, you know, if it's a friend who's being judgmental, we could probably say sometimes, do you know that that's really feeling judgmental? There are people we can say that to. A lot of people we can't. But there are people we could say that to. And that, that would sometimes be very helpful. I think sometimes as Buddhist practitioners, we err on the side of being overly nice. You know, there's a, but I think there are actually places in the text where the Buddha says, a friend who offers very clear uh, feedback is very, very important. And I think, I, I speak for myself, but I think often we tend to err on the side, side of not saying things. And so there can be, uh, but it's a, as we know, it's a tricky area, right? But so it's really to see one's motivation, to check out what's happening inside, and then to uh, reflect on what would be helpful skillful. That's a very short answer to a topic that we could, again, take uh, 10 weeks on. <laughs> yeah.
maybe that's a good finishing place. Um, it's a big topic, isn't it? <laughs> uh, how many people would like to explore a little bit more? Okay. How many people are done with judgments and don't want to explore it too much more? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll reflect. I'll look at the feedback and reflect on whether to, to do it next week. I may, I don't, but I'm, don't want to, I don't want to give away all of what I'm doing at the day long. I <laughs> uh, hope that's not overly. Uh, will the day long be kind of experiential? Yeah, it'll be strongly experiential, and it'll be quite personal. A lot of dyad work, and and I'll go in more detail on all of the tools I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so in closing, just reflect. If you want to take forth that practice, you might reflect in terms of working with judgments, um, which of those practices I mentioned might be helpful for you. The mindfulness practice, just the noting what's there, taking inventory, the closer look at basic patterns involving judgment, which is a a long-term kind of inquiry. The working with the sort of countervailing forces of the heart Loving-kindness towards oneself, if one's judging oneself, or towards others. Developing a lightness of heart and joy. And then fourthly, the kind of deeper inquiry into the roots of judgment, particularly carried out through um, being with the body, the heart, moving away from the purely uh, verbal or cognitive dimension of judgments, which is an advanced practice, I should say. Yeah, it's kind of, I'll, I'll be brief here, but maybe take more time next time if I do. But it's really keeping your attention in that area uh, of the chest, the heart. Just It's bringing the attention there. And just, it's, it's a basic listening for what's there, not a figuring out, but just a listening for what's there. Sometimes it's a tuning into emotion at times. So let's just take a minute to close to reflect on what may have been helpful and any intentions you might have for taking this further. And so we, um, in closing, as we typically do, we offer the fruits of the morning, any insights or learning, any energy or inspiration. We remember that we practice not just for ourselves, but for others. And we offer the fruits of our time together outward for the benefit, the healing, the transformation of all beings. Thank you.